You can take your scriptures out with me and turn to Exodus chapter 17. Exodus chapter 17. I hope as many of you as possible will come tonight. We're going to have an amazing time. Bring some food. We'll have burgers on the grill. Uh, bring some food to pass. Uh, when you get to Weldon Springs Park, um, there are uh, several different places. If you, just, if you drive around the park, you will eventually find us. Um, we will have our boats at the boat dock. And if you don't know where to come, uh, call, call me, and I will, I will get you there. If you don't have my number, call the church, and it will ring straight to my cell phone. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Okay. Um, we're in Exodus chapter 17. I'm going to give some background before I read this. And this morning we're going to talk about Amalek. Amalek. Amalek was a grandson of Esau. And um, Jacob, Jacob and Esau were brothers. Jacob became Israel. But Esau uh, became many of the other nations that are a part of the Middle East even today. And one of those people that Esau became was Amalek. And you will uh, find them in the scriptures called the Amalekites. And so they, they were a very contentious people, as we're about to find out. But they were a, a thorn in the side of Israel for generations and generations. Amalek came to represent the evil that was in the world. Amalek came to represent uh, darkness. Amalek came to represent uh, uh, a moving away of God, from God. And, and so we're going to follow their story. In fact, the Amalekites were all throughout the history of the Old Testament for many, many years. Uh, we're going to look at Exodus chapter 17 in just a moment because this is the first mention not of Amalek, but of, of the Amalekites as a people. And it's also the first mention of Joshua in the Old Testament. And so we're going to couple those two things together in just a moment. But after this battle, the Amalekites continued to exist and come against Israel, so much so that that when the time of the judges came after Moses was gone and that whole generation and Joshua was gone and that whole generation and the judges came, the Amalekites were still at war with Israel and Ehud the judge, I believe in Judges chapter 3, was at war with the Amalekites. Later on, fast forward several more hundred years, and the first king of Israel came, and his name was Saul. And Saul uh, fought the Amalekites. In fact, Samuel told Saul, and, and I'm just going to read you the story. Uh, Samuel came to Saul and said, The Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people over Israel. Now therefore heed the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel how he ambushed him on the way when he came up from Egypt. We're about to read that story. 
in Exodus 17. Now, uh, Samuel tells Saul, now go and attack Amalek, utterly destroy all they have, do not spare them, kill both man and women, woman, infant and nursing child, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. Now this is harsh, but you have to remember in the Old Testament, they did fight against flesh and blood. In the New Testament, we don't fight against flesh and blood, we fight against principalities and powers and rulers of this dark world. But we fight against the enemy of our soul just like Saul was supposed to fight against Amalek. And so uh, Saul gathered the people together, numbered them, and he, he went out and fought. Um, but he, although he destroyed some of them, he spared their king, he spared their sheep, their oxen, the fatlings, the lambs. He spared, uh, and he was unwilling to utterly destroy the people. He kept many of them alive, um, opposite of the word of God. And so Amalek came and, and fought against Saul. Well, the prophet Samuel came and uh, heard, he, he, he said, Saul, what did you do? And he said, I, I obeyed everything that God told me to do. And so Samuel said, then why do I hear the sheep of, of Amalek bleeding in my ears and the lowing of oxen? Why do I hear them? And Saul gave an excuse. And uh, because of his disobedience, Samuel said to Saul, the Lord doesn't have delight in you any longer. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, God has rejected you from being king. Wow. This is the same Amalek generations later that we're about to, to read about in Exodus chapter 17 that caused the downfall of Saul. And the next king arose and his name was the most famous king of all the Israelites. His name was David. And so uh, David came, and, and he actually wasn't quite the king, but he was leading an army in the wilderness, and he was in the stronghold called Ziklag. And it was these same Amalekites that, that came to Ziklag when David was away, and destroyed and burned the whole city, captured all of their wives and children, and fled. So that when the army came back to Ziklag and saw that their families were gone, their wives were gone, their children were gone, and, and everything was gone, they all turned on David. Because this is something that, that this spirit of Amalek will do. He will steal your wives and your children and your families if we don't stand up against this spirit called Amalek, right? And so David uh, had to strengthen himself in the Lord because, you know, if you're, if you're leading an army and, and, and all of their wives and children are taken, and that, that, then that army might not be too happy. And they turned their anger on David, and the Bible says they wanted to stone him. He was alone. And it was that powerful passage where he strengthened himself in the Lord he strengthened himself in the Lord. 
in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30. Amalek represents the spirit of the world. The spirit of the world that wars against you. It wars against your family. Its goal is destruction. And you cannot afford to allow any of this spirit to hang around in your life. Amen? And so David pursued the Amalekites. He overtook them. He destroyed them. He got his wives and children back and all of the, the wives and children of the armies and all of the spoils, and they returned in great victory and triumph. Hallelujah. Somebody give the Lord praise because God has made us a way to win the battle. I believe that we're wrestling with the same spirit today. Paul said, uh, Paul said in Ephesians 6, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and rulers of this dark world. How, ma how many of you know that the enemy of your soul does not want your family to make it? The enemy of your soul does not want you to make it. And so he comes after you with all different kinds of temptation and all different kinds of of, of of darts that he throws at you. He's trying to, to do what, what uh, John 10, 10 says he's really good at. He's come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And this is what Amalek tries to do, this spirit demon that drove this army in the Old Testament is still coming against God's people in the New Testament. It's a debilitating spirit, and it's very, uh, very sneaky and crafty and comes in the back door, Amalek. And so we come to Exodus chapter 17, and we look at the beginning, Exodus chapter 17 and verse 8, and it says this. Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, this is the first mention of Joshua in the Bible, choose us some men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up on top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it, and Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said to Moses, Write. Write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. 
And Moses built an altar and called its name, The Lord is my banner. For he said, Because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. And so there's the promise that we have that God is going to utterly blot out the memory of Amalek that did not happen for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years as Amalek was a thorn in the side of Israel. Let's pray and let's ask the Lord to speak to us. God, you've called us to live wholehearted after you. You've called us to not run after the things of this world. You said that friendship with the world was enmity with God. You said, Lord, to not love the world or the things in the world. That if we love the things of the world, the love of the Father cannot be in us. Lord, this is what Amalek tries to get us to do. To chase all the wrong things. To run to the left when you're saying go to the right. To run to the right when you're saying go to the left. To lure us in. And then to steal and kill and destroy. But Lord, I pray that this morning that you would give us the tools to defeat Amalek. I pray that you would help us to overcome as Amalek tries to rise up in this generation and in this time. Because, Lord, you've given us the, the Testaments, the Old Testament and the New Testament, not just so that we can have head knowledge, but, God, so that we can know how to live in this generation. And I ask, Lord, that you would apply it to each one of our situations in our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. And so the first key to overcoming Amalek, this is, this is a very simple this morning. The first key to overcoming Amalek is to invite Joshua into your camp. Now, Joshua was the one that went later on throughout all of the different uh, parts of Canaan, and he conquered them uh, for Israel. And he, t he took the land of Israel just as God promised he would, and he defeated them. How many of you would like to have Joshua on your side? If you go to battle, you'd like to have Joshua on your side. He's the warrior. He's the, he's the one that him and Caleb, that when everybody else, he's, the 12 spies were sent out, and 10, 10 of them came back and said, no, we can't defeat, the, the, the land's good, but we can't defeat the enemies. They're, they're giants in the land. But Joshua and Caleb came back, and they said, yeah, there are giants in the land, but the Lord our God is with us, and we can beat them. We can drive them out in the name of the Lord. Now, I, I don't know about you, but when I'm facing something, I want somebody that will encourage me. I want somebody that, that will say, hey, uh, yeah, I know you're facing a giant. I know you're walking through some tough things, but we can... Uh, we can overcome, not because the giant's small, but because our God is big. And this was the attitude that Joshua had. It was no wonder that Moses chose him to lead the army. Uh, this is the first opportunity that Joshua had to lead the army. He went out as a man of war, and, and uh, he went out and fought with Amalek. Praise God. Now, Joshua is the Old Testament name 
of Jesus. The, the Hebrew name Joshua is Yeshua, which is the same name for our Lord and Savior, whose who's, who's, uh, English word uh, we translate into Jesus. And it means the same thing. It means this, the Lord saves. The Lord saves. And if in the Old Testament you wanted Joshua to lead your army, in, in the New Testament I want Jesus to lead my life. Hallelujah. Because he came as a man of war as well. He fought a little bit differently. He shed his blood on the cross and took our sin, but he defeated death, hell, and the grave and stepped out of the tomb forever victorious over every one of our issues and over every one of our problems. Hallelujah. Every war that you will ever fight was won at the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. And so the first step to defeating Amalek is to get the right commander in charge of your life. And, and so we have got to have Jesus in the trenches with us. Amen? We've got to have Jesus in the trenches leading our army to fight against Amalek. Praise God. And so Joshua chose some men and he went out with Amalek. And the next day they began to battle and uh, while he's battling, Moses is perched up on the hill watching this battle and as it spanned out before him in the valley. And isn't it true that the, the, the life that, that we live, the fights that we fight are in the valley, aren't they? They're in the valley. Moses, you're up there on the mountaintop, but I'm here in the valley and I'm fighting this battle. And church, our role is sometimes in the valley and sometimes on the mountaintop. Because sometimes you're the one that is in the valley and you are fighting the battle that you are fighting. You're, you're, you're locking horns with Amalek and, and uh, sometimes somebody else is fighting the battle. But no matter who's in the valley, We've got to have people up on the mountaintop, amen? Amen. We've got to have people up on the mountaintop. And so Moses was up on the mountaintop, and you know what he was doing up there? He was praying, and he was interceding. And the lifting up of his hands was representative of that intercession. And so he had... The, the, the staff of God in his hand, which represented the authority of God, the authority of God. And so he was praying and interceding and worshiping, and he was using the authority that he had to pray. But Moses grew weary. Moses grew weary, and his hands began to come down. And that was representative of his intercession getting weaker and weaker. And so as he, uh, as he stopped praying and as he ceased to stand between Joshua and God, guess who began to win? Amalek began to win. But when, and, and so Aaron and, and her, they're watching and, oh, Moses is getting tired. And whenever he gets tired, uh, the, the, the army begins to lose. 
Friends, this is forever an example of the importance of prayer in the church. Forever an example of the importance of us to intercede and to pray with one another. The church that does not pray for one another, Amalek begins to win. Amalek begins to pick people off. Amalek begins to have his way and, and, and uh, engulf people and overwhelm people. And, they, and they, be, they, begin to, they begin to lose sight of Jesus. But when we begin to pray for one another, hallelujah, and we begin to intercede, Amalek begins to lose. And the battle uh, begins to uh, belong to Joshua again. Hallelujah. It is the importance of prayer. It's the importance of intercession. Now, I mentioned that Joshua was a type of Christ, but I also want to encourage you this morning that, that Moses is also a type of Christ. Moses is up on the mountain interceding. But you know what Hebrews chapter 7 uh, says? Hebrews 7 verse 25 says this, that therefore Jesus is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Thank you, Lord. And so what is Jesus doing at the right hand of the Father right now? Well, one of the things that Jesus is doing is he is interceding for you. He's looking down from the mountaintop while you're in the valley, and he's praying for his sons and daughters to, and as they engage in the battle to walk in victory. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus lives to do. And so you, you, you wonder, uh, well, well how, how does all, all, the, all this work? Is he, just, is he just hanging out there in heaven until this whole thing wraps up? No, he is very, very active in your life. Tell your neighbor right now, Jesus is active in your life. That is right. Jesus is on the mountaintop. And he is interceding for you. And whatever you're facing today, Jesus sees it. And he's watching. Sometimes you feel like you're losing. Sometimes you feel like you're sinking. Sometimes you feel like I am being overwhelmed by life. But Jesus is holding up his hands and he is interceding for you. And Moses, where the difference is this, Moses got tired and we get tired. We get tired. We don't pray perfectly. We're coming alongside, doing our best, interceding and praying and believing God. But Jesus does not grow tired. Isaiah 40 says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he neither faints nor is weary. <laughs> he neither faints nor is weary. 
His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Youths faint and weary and get weary. The young men utterly fall, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Hallelujah. The Lord is watching over you. The Lord is interceding over you right now. Jesus ever lives to intercede for you so that you can win the battle, so that you can win the fight. This is who our God is. You're not going to win the fight. Uh, you're not going to win the fight merely because I'm your pastor or Pastor Cammie's your pastor. Or, uh, you know, you're not going to win the fight just because of that. But you are going to win the fight because Jesus is seated on the throne and he sees you and he is interceding for you and he is praying for you. You're locked horns in a battle with Amalek, but you're going to overcome in the name of Jesus because Jesus is making intercession. He's up on the mountains with his hands stretched out over you. Praise God. And you're going to... You're going to win the, this battle because you have people that are interceding for you. The reality is, I can't see Jesus with my eyes. I see him by faith. Sometimes I need some flesh and blood. And you and I are called as co-laborers with Christ to make intercession with him for the church. Paul constantly called the church to pray for one another. It wasn't just a religious act that he thought was nice. It's because prayer is effective and powerful. And those that have been made righteous in the blood of Jesus, their prayers are powerful. Hallelujah. And when you have people, this is why the greatest thing that you can do if you're in a valley and you're, and you're fighting, the greatest thing that you can do is call some people that you know pray and that you know can touch God and say, hey, I'm in the valley fighting. I need you up on the mountaintop. Will you pray for me? And we lift one another up to the Lord, and we, and we uh, lift up our hands, and, and we say, you know what? While you're in the valley, I'm going to intercede, and I'm going to pray for you. Friends, there's power in that. There came a time when Paul himself was in prison. Paul and Silas imprisoned in Acts chapter 16. But the Bible says the church was interceding and praying for them. And, and that released the power of God for them to get out of the prison that they were in. Praise God. Paul and Silas were in the valley, and they were, they were locked horns with the enemy. They thought that this was the end. They thought that they weren't going to make it. But God responded to the church that was up on the mountain with their hands lifted up saying, God, we believe that, 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 uh, that Paul and Silas are going to win the battle. Hallelujah. And God sent the angel and delivered them, praise God, and set them free. Glory to God. Glory to God. We're going to win the battle because we're standing together. 
were standing together. Moses, Aaron, and her up on the mountaintop. Moses, Aaron, and her calling out to the Lord with their hands raised saying, God, give Joshua the strength that he needs to fight in the valley, to overcome Amalek, the temptation in the world, the principalities and powers that have come to steal, kill, and destroy. They had lots of victories, Amalek did. David wrote this. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from where comes my help. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Thank you, Lord. Now, how many of you had moments where you didn't follow Jesus perfectly? Huh? One time? <laughs> you had moments where you strayed? Anybody here ever strayed? Yeah. Gone the wrong direction? Aren't you thankful? that in that moment God did not abandon you. Huh? In that moment God did not abandon you. He didn't leave you. He came after you. He came after you. He came after you. And he brought you back. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad for that? He's not waiting for you to perfect yourself <laughs> before he starts 
to walk beside you and fight for you and intercede for you. You are worth fighting for, right? You are worth him getting right down in the valley with you and fighting with you. You're worth it. And that's what the cross was all about. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Before we ever loved him, he first loved us. <laughs> right? This is our God. This is who he is. He loves us. This is what he does. He saves us. And he causes us when we were defeated, to have testimonies of victory. Praise God. Praise God. Testimonies of victory. Let's pray this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Lord, we don't, we come before you and we don't always feel worthy. We're not in ourselves always worthy there's only one that is worthy and his name is Jesus there's only one that can make us worthy and his name is Jesus God we fight battles and we feel our weakness we ask while we're in this valley God we ask Jesus that you would come alongside Yeshua Joshua, come alongside and fight the battle with us, I pray, in the name of Jesus. God, I, I pray that you just wash us and cleanse us. Times when we were up on the mountaintop, and there were those in the valley that were fighting, but our hands were hanging down. And I just ask that you'd forgive us for those moments. Because, God, we do. We want to fulfill our role. And we want to stand on the mountaintop. And we want to have our hands raised up with the authority that you've given us in Jesus Christ. And with the, with the intercession that you put in our hearts to do battle. God, we want, with everything in us, to fulfill our responsibility. Thank you, Father. Lord, this morning there are those that, that are in the valley. And they're fighting right now. Fighting right now. And so, some, perhaps even in this room this morning, that we want to just lift up our hands over and just say, oh God, we... we we call out to you and we thank you for victory in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, for total and complete victory in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for total and complete victory in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We don't want to be like Saul and, and just spare the best. God, we want to cut Amalek completely off in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And so if you're here this morning and you're saying, Pastor, that's me. I've been in the valley. And I'm fighting. 
and sometimes I'm winning and sometimes I'm losing, but I, 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 want, I want people to pray for me this morning in Jesus' name. If that's you, if that's you, just lift your hand up to the Lord right now and just say, that's me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hands going up all over this room. If, you, if you'll be bold enough, this doesn't mean that you're failing. This doesn't mean that, that you're uh, going the wrong. This just means I'm, I'm in a fight right now. And so the rest of us, we're going to pray for you. If you'd be so bold as to just stand where you are, and we're going to lift up our hands over you in the name of Jesus, and we're going to pray over you in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There were a whole lot of hands that went up. Uh, God, I, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would give courage to those to stand. Because, God, we, we need to be able to look down in the valley and say, who we're praying for right now in Jesus' name. The rest of you just look around right now and just uh, just take a look. And, and so these are the ones right now that are Joshua in the valley. And we're going we're gonna to be Moses on the mountaintop right now. And we're going to lift up our hands over them. And we're going to intercede right now. So just stretch forth your hand right where you are right now in Jesus' name. And, and just stretch forth your hand to, to one of these. I want to release the, the elders to pray. I want to release the elders to go and, and just lay hands on these one at a time. You don't need to stay long with each one. But all of us in this room right now, let's just uh, stretch our hands and lift, up, lift them up to the Lord right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you for your hand and your touch right now on these that are fighting wars in the valley. God, I thank you in Jesus' name for giving them victory over Amalek in the name of the Lord. They sense things coming against them. They, they sense things coming against their family, their grandchildren, their children. God, uh, that we, we pray in Jesus' name that you would give them victory, hallelujah, victory in the valley in Jesus' name. Oh, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for touching each one. We thank you, Father, for moving in the hearts and lives of each one in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for uh, as they as they fight, God, to see miracles break out in the name of the Lord, to see steps taken forward, to see ground taken, to see the enemy pushed back. Sometimes it happens all at once. Sometimes it's little by little. But I pray, God, that you'd give them courage to keep fighting and to keep and, and to keep their head up in the name of Jesus and say, in Jesus' name, I have the victory. In Jesus' name, I will not be defeated. In Jesus' name, I will move forward. Hallelujah. I will not move backward, oh God. I will not give ground to the enemy any longer in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for giving courage. We thank you, Father, for releasing your presence and your power in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for having your way. Oh God, oh God, have your way, have your way, have your way, have your way in the name of Jesus. God, in the homes that are represented here at Faith Church, God, we thank you, Father, for for, uh, for victory in their homes in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise, God. We give you praise. We give you praise. We join with you, Jesus, as you intercede for each one here, as you lift them up to the Father, and as you say, oh, oh, Father, give them victory in the name of Jesus. We agree with the prayer of Jesus right now. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, that you are intimately involved in our lives and in our
our situations in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for, for those that are in fights for their health. I pray, God, that you would that you would uh, just bring healing in the name of Jesus. Bring your touch in the name of Jesus. Bring your power in the name of Jesus. God, those fighting for their children, those fighting for finances, those that are in the midst of all different kinds of battles, I pray in Jesus' name that you would move mightily. Move mightily by the power of your Spirit. Move mightily by the power of your Spirit. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We give you glory. We give you glory. We give you glory. We give you glory. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, my God. My God. My God. My God. My God. Friends, this is, this is the reason. This is the reason that the enemy wants to keep you from praying. Because there's people in the valley that, that, uh, that uh, he wants to defeat. And so he keeps you from taking your place in intercession and prayer so that the people in the valley will not make it. But we commit in Jesus' name to keep our hands lifted up. Amen? We commit in Jesus' name to continue to pray and to continue to intercede in the name of the Lord. And so, God, we just, uh, we just yield to you fresh and anew. It's not in the loudness of our praying, but it's with the authority that you've given to us and the faithfulness with which you called us to pray. And so we just ask in Jesus' name that you would use these vessels, just... Just offer yourself to the Lord right now and just say, God, even if it's in a small way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for my brothers and my sisters. Even if it's in a small way, I'm going to lift them up to the Lord. We thank you, Father. We lift up our hands to you right now. And we ask, God, that you would use these hands. She would use this vessel to intercede and to pray in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.